You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have front row seats to all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot, Alright everyone, welcome back to episode 12 of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. We are joined by returning special guest Kyle. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, Ben. How's it? Well, you know what? We are doing uh, quite well because for once in my life, the Oilers went down by a large lead. I decided not to watch the game knowing that eventually they would score, give me a little bit of hope. And then it would be up to me to make the decision on whether or not I turn on that game and watch the Oilers lose. And you know what I did? I turned on the game and you know what the Oilers did? They freaking won. They They won the damn thing. That was (laughs) crazy. So let's talk about it, Kyle. Obviously we're talking about this last Tuesday night game versus the Vancouver Canucks. Mike Smith back in net, and it started off, like I said, rough. A minute and six seconds in, Bo Horvat just from a horrible angle, like from the boards, below the goal line, just throws a muffin at Smith, and it goes in. Just a horrible, horrible, not a not a good way to start the game for Smith at all. I mean, you saw, like, when, when it went in, he kind of looked down like, what the hell? Well, like, he was what? confused. He had no idea where the puck yeah. was. Well, yeah. And he's like, like, how did it, how did it go in? So tough start, but tough start for the Oilers. Uh, Tyler Myers would score to put them up by two on a deflection off of Annis, who was going down to block the shot. Um, eventually, Elias Pettersson would put in another crazy out of midair, no look backhander. Um, goal past Smith again. The Oilers, however, would score a bit of a softy of their own right at the end of the first period. Dominic Cahoon puts it on net yep. and it squeaks through. Um, and then I'd say that that's probably one of the turning points in this game. I'd say there are two tw- turning points. The first one is that goal right at the end of the first period, because I think that put the confidence and the belief into the Oilers locker room right at the end of that first period that they can come back in this game. And I also think it sowed the seeds of doubt in Vancouver's mind that they are going to give up this lead. And I think you saw immediately as that second period started, the different mindsets both teams were in. I think it shows where they both are in the standings and how they've been playing of late. I think it's definitely nice to, if you talk one at the end there, you know, you go into that 
into the intermission and you know even if it's even if it's not a great goal i think it still gets your your engines rolling for the next period to you know come out and push harder and try to get the win um the oilers uh, continued to push and then i'd say the second turning point in this game is when a uh, notable scumbag antoine roussel decided to jump jesse pulyarvi get a couple of good shots in on him after he dropped the gloves Pugliarvi who didn't drop the gloves and then take a penalty uh it did come out this morning however Russell was fined uh you know I think five grand which is nothing to an NHLer um this morning for his actions in that game but the Oilers were able to score on that ensuing power play and gain a lot of momentum from it and I understand Russell is an agitator but I just don't understand what his like what he was thinking on that play at all yeah I don't know. Just like, yeah, I, I can understand, you know, that's, that's a little bit of his role is just to try to, you know, knock some of the guys on the other side off their game, get your boys kind of fired up. But, but I don't know. I agree. It didn't really make sense to me at the, at that point. You know what I mean? Like, like, it just seemed like he sort of lost his head a little bit. Like Puyarvi did something and he just like threw his gloves and threw a couple punches and then backed off. And Puyarvi was like, what just happened? Like it it was, it was a really weird play all around. I just, it didn't make sense. And then it cost Roussel's team. Exactly. So, so, I mean, you know, obviously there's room for a well-placed scrap, you know, you and, you know, if you and another guy are heated at each other for something or, you and another, the other team's agitator are looking to, you know, get rowdy, get the boys fired up. Sure. But it, the whole thing was just kind of weird. It, like, you know, especially the way you just backed off. It, it's just kind of like, uh, are you giving me a chance to go? Are you done? Well, like, uh, turned around and like, like, I don't know, like normally you get punched a couple times and you're going to turn around and be mad. But like, Pugliarvi just turned around and looked just generally so confused as to what just happened. Because, like, Roussel dropped his gloves, grabbed him, fed him, I think, two punches, and let go, and then completely backed off. And Pugliarvi hadn't even turned around by the time he let go of him. He was just like, I was hit from behind, and then I was hit a couple more times, and now they I have a power play. Like, yeah. I just – it didn't make sense. And Roussel, I think, even – I don't think Roussel is a very good player. I don't think he has been helping the Canucks. I'd say the more yeah. times Roussel is in the Canucks lineup, the weaker they are. But I think he had actually had, besides this, a noticeable game. He had a really, really good shorthanded opportunity on Mike Smith, who turned his yeah. game completely around. Once the second period started, he had a tough first period and then in the post game, even like he knew he had a tough first period, but he, I think he's been around long enough and he's a mentally tough enough goalie that he, he looked at himself and he's like, I'm going to give my, my team a chance to win here. And he did. And so I think Roussel had a noticeable game, but it's just like, it's, it seemed like a lapse in his judgment that just, it really cost him. Yeah, I mean, uh, that save there on that on that shorthanded opportunity where he just kind of – that's the one where he just kind of got in and threw, like, two pokes at the puck and then was behind everybody, right? Yeah, Barry kind of, like, tried to do a quick drop pass to McDavid because he was being pressured yeah, and, then, and then because of the pressure, it was a bad drop pass. And then McDavid, who's coming at it very quickly, Roussel got a first touch on it and then was in a Yeah, and then Mike Smith, what, what a save. I mean, really sprawling out across. It was a good move. If he had thrown the puck up a little more, it probably would have went in. But I mean, great effort by Mike Smith gets save off. And the Oilers were the Oilers weren't without their uh, offensive opportunities either. Uh, this was a really frustrating game for the Oilers too, because even while like in the second period, 
they're still down by two. It's a three, one game for the Canucks at that point. Like they're still getting really good looks. McDavid and Nugent Hopkins each hit the post two to three times. I counted, I think four posts in this game. Um, they were ringing iron in this game. So it's a frustrating game because I'm watching that and I, I feel like they're playing well. Obviously they had a bad first period, but they've turned it around quite a bit and they're, they're playing a solid game and they're just hitting posts. And I, I, I think after McDavid hit his, second or third post of the game I just thought to myself this is going to be the game isn't it they're just gonna they're gonna lose this game after playing well and getting all these opportunities and that's just it's going to be a frustrating one luckily however like I said the Canucks didn't do themselves any favor they got themselves into some penalty trouble Dominic Cahoon would score his second goal of the game which is awesome I would love for him to get going a little bit because I'd say he is probably the second biggest offseason disappointment next to Turris so far um, I definitely expected a little bit more from him, but to see him bury two in this game is huge. Hopefully he can build off of that. Uh, McDavid would get an, another absolute beauty on the power play and not really by his own doing another great pass from dry as well. It takes a little bit of luck. The Oilers were getting unlucky all night after ringing some posts. And then eventually Larson just puts a puck on net. It deflects off of Jujar Kara, who's the screen off of the stick of the Vancouver defenseman who's trying to push Kara out of the front of the net and then off of the knee of Tyler Ennis who's doing a flyby of the net and into the net so Jujar gets an assist Ennis gets the goal the Oilers go up 4-3 and you know it's funny because they tied the game 3-3 and at that point I knew we were going to win the game there wasn't even any doubt just the way the two teams were playing the body language too like you can tell the Canucks are having a tough go of it right now because McDavid scores that three, three goal and they just looked beaten already. They weren't losing the game yet, but they just looked right. defeated. And then that, that, that soft one goes in, you know, they, they'd have a little bit of a push, but I wasn't ever really too worried about them tying the game after that. It just, I've seen it happen to the Oilers before, you know, the other team comes back. We've seen it happen to the jets bef- against the jets this season. You know, the, yeah, jets, yeah. the jets came back, they score that, that goal with about halfway through the third period. And then they are able to ride that one goal lead to the, to the end. And it was nice to see, Edmonton able to flip the script a little bit and do that exact same thing. Yeah, I think that that fourth goal there was kind of funny. I was watching, I was like, okay, pinball machine there. It just kind of goes off one guy, off another guy, off, off Ennis and in. And I was like, whoa, okay, all right. Listen, sometimes they just go for you. You know, I, I definitely feel like the third goal goes in, like just like you were saying, you could definitely see the demeanor on those two teams is, you know, once you're up three bagel, you know, especially in the first period, you go up three nothing, and then you get they just tra- track their way back, and then it's a three three game. You just blew a three goal lead. There's two ways you can go about it. You can either get you know fired up and pissed off about it and and fix it, or you can just eat it. And that's what they did. The, the Canucks just kind of ate what was going on. They were kind of just like, well, guess this one's over, and then. You know, the fourth goal goes in, and even the little bit of a push you were talking about really wasn't like it was just kind of, eh. You know, they got their opportunities. It's hard to not have any chances in the game of hockey. So I feel like they had some opportunities. But like I said, I was never really worried about losing that game after we went up that one. Um, So the Oilers improve after this one to 13 8 0. Uh, they have a little bit more separation as they've started to really, them and Toronto have started to. Toronto definitely a little bit more just because they have a little bit more separation on Edmonton, but they're definitely starting to separate themselves from the rest of the pack. And we're even starting to see the 
I'd say first through fourth place teams separate themselves a little bit from that, the bottom three teams of the division as well. I think you're getting into the spot now where, you know, teams are either going to start collapsing or just keep on their track, you know, and unless there's something major that happens to Toronto, you know, i.e., you know, a major injury for one of their big guys or something like that. I, I think they're just going to keep right on trucking. So um, that'll be definitely a, a, a big obstacle. But I think the spot that the Oilers are at right now is is perfect. You know, as long as they keep playing the way they are, the separation will show and they'll be surefire on their way to the playoffs. So then looking ahead then to the upcoming games between this episode and the next, uh, we have another two game split. Obviously the Oilers won the first one versus Vancouver on Tuesday. And then coming up here on Thursday, uh, I guess the night of when this podcast will be released, uh, they will be taking on the Vancouver Canucks again for the second half of the series. Uh, versus them this week they are two and one versus the canucks on the season so far the canucks are eight 13 and two and in sixth place so kyle obviously they got up to that high lead i'd say their their spirits are pretty low uh from a canuck standpoint and the oilers have to feel pretty confident after coming back from this three goal lead or after coming back from that three goal deficit so what do we what should we expect in this second one because obviously the canucks i would assume are going to come back pissed but you know, like like we said, they're in a bit of a slide. So, uh, what should we expect here? So, I, you know, they had the three goal lead, um, and, and however, I don't know that they necessarily felt like it was a three goal lead because the because the goals just weren't good. You know, what I mean that like the the first one, and then I, you know, the Pedersen's goal that, that it goes in and and it's highlight reel. It goes on all the, but it it's kind of lucky. You know, what I mean, that's just kind of luck. Like, no disrespect to Pedersen. He's obviously like a million times better hockey player than I am. But I think that something about it is just lucky. So I think they feel lucky to be there, not necessarily like they should have been at that three goal lead. So I mean, it still sucks dropping a three goal lead like that. So I think they would come out pissed, is what you would assume. But I don't think they got the fire in them to to make it happen. And, I, I think, and on the flip side of that, I mean, even when the Oilers were down three nothing, I'd say. They never looked, they never looked and from the bench, like body language. Right. Cause a lot of times, right. You go to, they went down three, nothing early, relatively early, about halfway through the third period or first period there. So, you know, you got to think that sometimes they could have looked defeated after going down three, nothing, but I, I don't think they ever did. I think they looked really confident and the fact that they kept ringing them off the bar and just, they kept keeping with it. I think it is a really encouraging sign going into the, into the second game. Yeah, I, I think those, you know, those chances, I think it was what Nuge and, and uh, McDavid were, were banging the crossbar there. I, I think, you know, hitting the post is one thing. Hitting the crossbar hurts a little more because, you know, if you're an inch lower, you're going top ched. But they were ringing the bar. It wasn't even like it was like those were rockets that came off of there. Um, like I think uh, Nuge is the one that hit. I, I couldn't tell if that off the bar or the back bar because it went so quick off. I was like, ah, I got to watch that one again. Um, Even McDavid's second one where Den- Demko is down hugging the post yeah. and he puts it over his shoulder and off the crossbar. Even McDavid like pointed at it and they had to blow the play dead to review it because that's how close that was. Right. So, I mean. Oh, I, I love the birds in the background there, buddy. Oh, a little. Yeah. Sorry. Outside getting a little, uh, get my sunshine on, you know, a little nature for the podcast. Get everyone used to, used to some birds, a little nature. <laughs> no, but I think, I think the Oilers come out hot. 
they stick on what they've been at. And my prediction, I'll say 3-2, even though I jacked up my last prediction, I think 3-2 is about where, uh, about where this game's going to end up. A W for the for the for Earlers. All righty, I'm I'm gonna go with a rare one nothing Koskinen shutout. Wow! Uh, we also have one more game here coming up between episodes to talk about, <laughs> and this this week and like we were talking about about the standings a little bit. This week is a big game for the Oilers in the standings. They play the Toronto Maple Leafs three times this coming week. I'm only gonna ask you for a prediction for the upcoming Saturday game versus Toronto. They're two and two right now. The Toronto Maple Leafs are obviously in first at 14, four and two on the season, but the Oilers have an opportunity here. If they can win two, be crazy, even go for the three game sweep over the Maple Leafs. Right. I I think if they can pick up more than 50, if they can pick up four of the six possible points versus the Maple Leafs, it's going to be huge because this is like, this is a large chunk of games versus in the Maple Leafs series. And if you want to make up ground versus the Maple Leafs, the easiest way to do that is to beat them. Beat them. So this, yeah. is, this is a huge, huge week for the Oilers to make up a lot of ground on the Maple Leafs. Yeah, I definitely think that um, the opportunity is there. It's presenting itself. It's very cut and dry. They're in front of you. You want to make up space on them. Those are four-point games. Those are four-point games. If you win and they don't, you just made major ground. And there's 12 uh, points on the line here, if you if you think about it that way. Yeah, if you think about four-point games, that's, that's, that's 12 points on the line. I would agree with you. You got you to gotta go in and win two. Whether it's the first two and you sacrifice the third one or, you know, whatever the uh, – you win the first one, you, you lose you lose the next one, then you come home with, with, a, with a solid third game. Yeah, you, exactly. Oh. Whichever way it, it floats, I think I think that's gotta happen. You gotta win. You gotta win two games there. And honestly, I'm gonna throw out a wild prediction before anything happens. I think one of those games is probably gonna go to OT. Okay, interesting. So either way it goes, it could either suck that it goes to OT or it could be good because then they're picking up the extra point. So I think that'll be uh, something to watch for. Uh, so I'm gonna start off predictions in this one. Uh, I'm going to say the Oilers are going to win the Maple Leafs. I'm going to, I'm going to say six, three, six, three dub over the Leafs. Ooh. Yeah. Bit of a, bit of a, bit of a barn burner. Uh, I think in terms of game story, if you want, want me to give you a, a gut feel, how I think this game is going to go, I think it'll be back and forth. And then the Oilers might pull away in the end. Maybe one of the, maybe, maybe two empty netters, you know, ne- you never know the rare two empty netter, empty netter game to give it a six, three look. Uh, what, what do you think, buddy? What do you got for this yeah, the first think, Maple Leafs game? I think I'll go. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna say. I think the first game is gonna be the overtime game. I think it's gonna be the pace setter for the series. So I think we're gonna get a four-three overtime game. I think the Leafs best the Oilers on this one. An overtime loss, but then the Oilers one. come out hot on the next two. All right. I like it. I like it. Well, I will ask you, we'll definitely talk about obviously still picking up points, still picking up points. Mm -hmm. So I I think, I mean, obviously we're only asking about this one, but uh, there's this next episode is going to be, is going to be one to look forward to, to, to see. I'll definitely have to ask you about that. Um, In terms of prediction score between the two of us last week, uh, there was no empty net goal versus the, in the game versus the Canucks, neither of the teams won three, one, uh, however, the Oilers did win, so we both pick up another point, and I'm still head by one. The score is now 10 to 9 
for the, for the season series between the two of us. Uh, I wish you best of luck, my friend. However, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back for a look around the league. interesting like i like pinto and i i remember everyone like and this is the thing that i think sense fans need to start realizing we need to stop looking at the draft we really need to stop looking at a player being like he was drafted way too early you know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late mark stone sixth round pick and now he's making nine and a half million dollars pajot dropping i think in the fifth round and making five million hoffman Welcome to the Sense Hour podcast, your number one source for Sense content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and and Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf Country out here. Um, but I think Clevin was was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs, and again they they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin. But now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially. (laughs) Sends our podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care. All righty, and we are back. So now, we, Kyle, we are going to move on to our Around the League news. The first thing that actually came out today, luckily we're able to record after news broke for once, uh, the Montreal Canadiens have fired their head coach, Claude Julien, as well as the power play assistant coach. I believe his name is Kirk Mueller. Um, don't quote me on that one, though. And they have given the head coach tag to the assistant coach, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, but his last name is Ducharme, I believe, uh, a very French-Canadian name. And they also added Alex Burroughs to their coaching staff. This came as a bit of a shock around the league. Obviously, the Montreal Canadiens right now have been in a bit of a slide. They've, I think they've only won two of their games in the month of February, and they've lost, I think, three or four in a row now, two of which have been to the Senators. And, but they are in fourth still. They started hot, so they're still in fourth. So I think it surprised a lot of people. I listened to the Claude Julien interview this morning. It sounded like he wasn't very happy with the way the power play was going and maybe the way the message was being communicated in the room, and he felt like a, a different voice was needed. Um, it's always kind of shocking to see a head coach shifted like that. But I think of all the teams, I mean, I'm the least surprised that it was a Bergevin run team because I feel like he's done this out of the blue coach firing a couple times in his stint as the Montreal GM. Uh, but what do you think this is going to do in terms of the Canadians here, Kyle? And, and like, what do you what do you think it's going to maybe do to the North Division as well? Well, so, you know, I think anytime you have such a major change like that right in the middle of uh of your season, you know, it, it can go one of two ways. It can, it can either help you. Well, I guess there's a couple different options, you know, it could help you a lot. And that's the, that's the intent of the move. I'm assuming, you know, obviously you wouldn't want to hurt your team at all. So the, the meaning behind it is that you want to get better and you think maybe somebody else can help you do that. So there's definitely that option. I think you could get, way worse because they're like oh well that guy's gone 
we liked him. You know what I mean? If all the, if all the guys in the locker room liked, liked what he was preaching, you know, then you could get, you know, adverse effects. Um, or it, it could just continue on the same way. And, and the coach really didn't have much effect to it. And it was just kind of, that's the way your season was going to play out. So um, I'm kind of interested to see what happens. I think Carl Julian, he's definitely uh, one of them better known coaches in the league i would say so um, he's definitely hopped around a bunch i think this is even his this was his second stint as the montreal canadians coach i believe so but i mean he did well when he was coaching the bees especially french canadian team french canadian coach i wouldn't do you be think do you think that, they... that that hurts them a little bit that they they seem to favor french canadian just staff and players a little bit like do you think it like it's maybe I, like I, I won't say that they're completely like we won't hire anyone unless they're French Canadian but like right I feel like they they maybe lean like if it's between two people and they're both the exact same candidate they're going to give it to the French Canadian one I don't know I, but I feel like that could potentially be hurting the Canadians yeah I think they do that a lot just because the the Canadians fan base is so rabid yeah and aggressive uh, you know they're, they're they they are so aggressive in their fandom like they they love the canadians so much and uh, honestly quebec as a whole is just kind of like they wish to be a group of people yeah and they kind of wish to be their own deal so if you're a french canadian guy they're gonna love you a lot more you know so i think that's kind of the reason they do it is because they know their fan base is like partial but you know i think ducharme stepping in is uh you know there's obviously no uh no doubt that he's a french canadian guy with a last name like that so yeah. i think they should be all right i don't know that they're going to turn it around completely but you, you know, think this, do you think this in the terms of in the terms of this season do you think the head coach change coming now do you think it improves their team or hinders their team like do you think it they they get better now or do you think that they they stay about where they are uh, honestly, I think they stay kind of where they are. I think they came out real hot. Uh, and for some reason they're, you know, like, so they're in that slide and I don't really know that it was necessarily the, a coaching problem. So I, I think they probably kind of stay where they're at. I think they're just kind of having some struggles. And, uh, what do you, th- you know? what do you think about Alex Burroughs being added to the staff? Um, I always liked Alex Burroughs when he was in the league. So That's I mean, funny cause I did not at all. I know he's kind of a scumbag, but but that's what. I, but I kind of liked it just because he always played so gritty. Like he always played so gritty, and he you could kind of throw him in wherever you wanted. Like he wasn't he wasn't an amazing skill guy, and he also wasn't like this huge goon. But he played with grit. I don't know. I don't. You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. So I think I think adding that, I think that. You know, that that could be the factor. I think he he's going to inject some of that into, you know, into the Canadians. He, he might inject some of his, hey, here's what's going to happen. Third line, I don't care what you do. Just just jump the puck in, go kill somebody. And I think that, you know, could definitely have an effect on the way they're playing. I know for sure when somebody gets rocked, that hiked immediately. Let's go. Time to go play hockey, right? So, you know, it, it could definitely help them. Um, and I think that's probably why. Yeah, he played in the league for a good while. So, you know, he's definitely got some – it's not like he's oblivious or anything. He, he definitely has, you know, an understanding of the game. I think that's what his role will be is just to kind of pump the boys up and be like, all right, here's the deal. 
this is what we're going to do. So I think that's what he'll add to the roster or to the, to the team at least. So then looking at our, our main story of the episode really, and a big story from this whole week, Artemi Panarin uh, has taken a step away from the New York Rangers, uh, at least for the near future um, after a, piece of news from the from Russia came out that basically said in 2011 he had a physical altercation with a 18 year old girl in Latvia he has come out and denied it obviously entirely the Rangers organization and even the NHL has come out and supported Artemi Panarin and I was a little confused by this obviously there's been a few scandals and you know stuff like that like I think back to like Slava Voinov five or six years ago (laughs) Right. Like there's so it's not uncommon for stuff like that to happen in the NHL. Obviously, Panarin is a huge star for the Rangers. He just signed a huge ticket. He had an incredible season last season. So that's a huge loss for the Rangers. And then I started doing a little bit more reading and why. And uh, it turns out this is a bit of a smear campaign. Uh, Panarin has been quite vocal in the media and social media um, for his support of one of Putin's main, I guess, Opponents. opponents in this upcoming election and so obviously <laughs> if you're gonna go against putin he's not gonna be too pleased about that and all of a sudden this story story comes up it's scary for panarin i think it's kind of crazy just to what, what do you think about this because this is it's just it's just a wild story overall so, like only in russia but like i don't <laughs> i i don't know putin's a scary deal like this is this is yeah, I think this is I, a bigger deal than maybe what people people think it is. I don't I don't know. It it it's I think yeah. it's a crazy story and I think there's a lot more to it and I think we're going to see a lot more come up in the future. Yeah, so I, I definitely think the, the way that all of his teammates talk about him and whatnot, all of his teammates have have come out and you know, not all of them, but but some of his teammates have spoken to the media and been like, yeah, it was pretty wild what happened, you know, the morning they got the news of that. But they were like, he he said no, and we believe him, you know, like like he's not the type of guy to do that. We were all surprised when we saw that piece of news. And, you know, then then you find out he's been pretty uh pretty adamant about this guy that's running against Putin winning. So once you learn that piece of evidence, now you know that Artemi Panarin has said, meh, I don't really care if the KGB tries to kill me. <laughs> so, because I, I mean, honestly, that's what it is. Is But Putin doesn't get elected every year. We know this. What do you I, mean? I hope, he's so likable. You know, he's as likable as a stone wall. <laughs> Please, Russia, don't kill me for this. I know they're listening. They're always listening. <laughs> but definitely if that if that if that's what he believes in go for it do what you got to do i think it's a ballsy call on panarin's part throwing something like that out there and and i think i understand you know i see well yeah but he's got a lot of friends in the spirit of of you know free will and and freedom of speech and choice and all that right it's kind of it's kind of scary to think right that in this day and age 2021 right you speak out against it all of a sudden you've beat up an 18 year old girl yeah you know Putin's got a lot of friends and he's a, an avid hockey player himself. Always gets an extra couple of goals in the, uh, in the KHL all-star game. I don't know if you've seen that they... highlight. He scored like a hundred goals one game. The dude's unreal I, at hockey. I know he's, he's gross. It's not like the goalies are scared or anything. What? Um, no, <laughs> but yeah, I the think... defenders don't jump out of the way when he glides down the ice at all. Exactly. They don't just, uh, they don't, they don't the, keep a, a the snipers aren't picking them off from, you know, the upper rafters as they ski skates yeah. in the zone. They don't keep a baby's grip on their stick when they're, uh, <laughs> Oh no, I dropped it. Oh, <laughs> so you know, I, I wish Panarin the best. I, I hope, hope he stays safe. You know, I hope this 
you know, kind of resolves. And I think with him taking a step away from the team, I don't know that, you know, you got to assume he's going home. You got to assume he's going back to Russia to deal with something. Right. I, I would think, you know, if you're in, New I think, York- I think he's just taken a personal personal step back. Right. Cause I think when your character is called in question like that, right. Like that's a, right. Cause it's, oh, no, it's his word versus, versus this stories thing. Right. So I think, and especially, right. Just, just with the way the world is trending like that, I, I think, right. It's hard to prove yourself, yourself innocent after people yeah. have already maybe thought you're guilty. And I, right. So I think I, that's got to rock a person like that. Like he's got to be shaken after just having his character called in question like that, let alone all the other, you know, potential scary scariness that there is in this story. It, it definitely would uh, kind of shake you a little bit. And, and you can, you can understand why he's taking the step back. You know, I, I definitely get it, you know, especially like you said, when your character's called into question like that, you know, they, they suggest you've done something that's in most people's eyes, despicable and heinous you know. yeah yeah, yeah it's just a hor- like if that's true it's if it's horrible true. horrible oh, yeah well and so that's what i think why i think he would have to go you know deal with something maybe you know take take a trip home and deal with something is the first thing i heard about it i saw the rangers statement on it and i was like what the hell happened to our timmy panarin so i saw the rangers statement and they said you know, we full heartedly back Artemi, like we're, we're with him. Like, and so that's all I saw. And so I had to go dig and do a little more research myself to find out what happened, like what, what's going on, what are the, but he's got the support of not only his teammates, but his organization and the NHL as a whole. I think you don't really get that kind of support. If somebody suspects you're guilty of that yeah the the nhl the rangers maybe but the nhl wouldn't come out unless they were pretty sure that it didn't happen that yeah you know you could you could definitely like the rangers that's their guy so yeah that's their guy you're gonna back him him right off the bat no matter what you're either gonna ask him to take a leave or you're gonna be like no shot he's no way right but to get the support of the nhl as well i think that definitely adds uh you know, a, a bit of reassurance that he probably did not do it. You know, that that's a that's a bold leap to take for a, such a big organization. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're not pretty sure he didn't do that, that's a wild jump. Because if it I came out like, that he, right, if it came out it, that he there did is the do possibility. It. If he came out that he did it, yeah. If 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 somehow you know we find out that he did do it, then the Rangers look bad. The, the Rangers NHL looks the Rangers bad. Like everyone NHL. looks really bad. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Rangers in the NHL have a big apology to make to some some Latvian girls' families getting a settlement for years after, you know what I mean? So, uh, personally, I don't think he did it. The testimony of all his teammates and, you know, no matter where he's been, everybody's just, you know, he's such a likable guy. You know, he's a family man. He's got, a, you know, pretty much the rest of the thing that I can say on this is I, I really do wish him the best. You know, I hope there's no possible way that he did it. Um, so, and, and if he didn't do it, I hope it comes out that confirmed he didn't do it guaranteed, you know, this was just some backwards attempt at Putin trying to slander guys, uh, you know, through his goons, just mess with them. You know, I really hope it doesn't affect his game at all. Cause he was, I mean, he's over he, a point per game for the Rangers right now. He put up 90 yeah. points last season. He's sitting on like a $10 million contract, like for like eight years. Yeah. yeah. For, from, an, I mean, from a hockey standpoint, it's a, it's a huge loss. Yeah, well, and, and so that's what I'm saying is I, I really just hope his game doesn't fall off at all because, you know, something like something this big could definitely, you know, stress a guy and 
poof, now you're done. You know, you have, you, you got, your mind's all wrapped up in whatever's going on. And, and I think, I think that's why he took a step away because I, I think everything else aside, I think also you got to realize that maybe when you're dealing with that playing hockey every night, takes a back burner. Yeah, yeah. You know, like exactly. You're, you're dealing with a lot more serious yeah. stuff. So it, it'd be yeah. hard to play hockey during that anyways. Yeah, like I mean, obviously it's his job, and you know, he's getting paid to well, play. Well, yeah, but and, if if I was but, uh, if I was a victim of a smear campaign, I guarantee you, I'm not going to go work my bartending shift. Oh, I agree, and that's I, that's what that's what I'm saying is, you know, it's his job; he gets paid to play. But also, in the grand scheme of things, life comes first, you know. And and with a guy like that, like I said, he's a family man. He's got, uh, I think he's got a, a kid or two at yeah, least, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got a wife and kids to to pay attention to take and I can care only of imagine what they think about all this coming out exactly i mean it's a it's a it's, crazy story it's a it's yeah, a crazy it's, it's story wild. from start to finish i hope it is resolved uh quietly and and smoothly quickly as well you know i, I hope for for his sake you can see him back on the ice here soon yeah all righty kyle well we, we wrapped it up here with with a bit of a circus story versus panarin uh i was thinking though we are going to move our play of the episode to Monday episodes instead of two episodes that gives us a little bit more of a week to get a feel for the NHL maybe a broader sample of plays to pick from for our plays of the episode so that segment will return in this coming Monday's episode I'm also thinking with this whole Montreal head coach shakeup we might have to talk to our good friend Benders again um not sure we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend um but Kyle you got anything else for us before we wrap up hey let's go Oilers all right. That's what I like to hear. Thank you everyone for listening uh, to episode 12 of the rig rats podcast. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can, that is going to be at the rig underscore rats. If you want to follow the hockey podcast network on Twitter to keep up to date with all of our awesome contests, content and giveaway that we do, you can follow them at hockey Podnet on Twitter. Be sure to like subscribe, leave a comment on uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, Spotify, Apple podcast, SoundCloud. It helps out a great deal. We will talk to you guys in the next episode and let's go Oilers.